This is an all ears English episode. Only four months abroad? How to maximize your English learning. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection. With your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Colorado and New York City, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Today we have a listener question. How should you structure your time if you only have three or four months to live in an English-speaking country? Today, get our top four tips on how to approach this incredible opportunity. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed. As a business owner myself, I've learned that the most important key to success is having a great team. But it can be time-consuming, reading through tons of resumes. Need to hire a great candidate at your company? Why not eliminate the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that you can connect with candidates faster. Just in the minute that I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-E-E. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-E-E right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash A-E-E. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Hey there. I'm doing great, Michelle. What's going on in your world? Oh, just enjoying the city, enjoying lots of different (laughs) things about this time of year. How about you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. The sun is shining here in Denver, but we got a great question from a listener. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm excited about this. I know. I'm excited too. I mean, let's see. So, Michelle, do you think that the way that someone learns a language is different if they're temporarily living in the mm-hmm. place of the language versus permanently? What do you think? What's your initial reaction to that question? Yes, my my reaction is yes. <laughs> I think that it is I think that it is different. What do you think? I do think it's different. Well, I think there's an opportunity because we know when we have a very short timeline or a deadline on something, we're usually more likely to really ramp it up and maximize that time as long mm-hmm. as we have the structure in place. I mean, I know when I lived in France for study abroad, it was only six months. So I only had a certain amount of time. Or when I was in South America, it was only a year. And I knew that time would end. It wasn't a forever move. Right. So how did that, how do you think your head was going into that? 
Well, I think when I lived in Paris, I was just 21. I was studying abroad. So that was that's a bad example. <laughs> but when I lived in South America, specifically Guatemala, I had three months in just in Guatemala itself. And that really got me fired up to get going, to book a lesson every week down in Quetzaltenango, take the bus in and really, really learn and study hard because I had a, an end date. Right? I had a date at which I was going home and it was all going to be over. So, right. Right. Yeah. I think that it can be completely different. I, I one thing, I, this is more about really just trips instead of uh, tra spending a lot of time somewhere. But I always have it where when I travel, I might start to pick up a little bit on the language. Or for example, when I went to Paris, I know some French and you have this feeling of, oh man, if I could just spend more time here, I would love to practice the language. Do you have that feeling? Oh, for sure. For sure. I usually want to stay longer. <laughs> yeah, me too. Most of the time. Just because we want to immerse ourselves, right? Yeah. We want to experience that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. So let's get into the question we have today from Josie um, mm -hmm. about this. This is such a, a really unique perspective yeah. that we're going to talk about today. Lindsay, would you mind reading the question? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read it right now. So from Josie, I love hearing your podcast. I usually drop my son at school and return listening to your podcast. That's so great, right, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Josie? Okay. Yes. Can you cover some tips for non-native English speakers who will temporarily live in the U.S. for about four months mm. for how to boost your English skills during that time? Thanks. I love that our listener Josie here has found a specific time to consume yeah. the podcast, right? It's part of the habit. Yeah. Once something becomes a habit, it becomes very powerful. That's true. That's true. So this is uh, return listening to your podcast. I know that moment where you drop your kids off at school and <laughs> you feel just, oh, okay, <laughs> let me get myself together. So uh, I, I, that must, that's a nice time. That's a good idea for when you can listen to the show. So yeah. thank you for listening. And thanks for this great question. I also like that we have a chunk of time that we're talking about, right? So it's interesting because it's not two weeks. It's not right. eight months. It's right. kind of in that, like, how much can I learn? I can eat, I can go one way or the other. I can, well, it obviously de depends on how much English is spoken where you are. That's the first thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it's fair to say that <clears throat> if you're somewhere I, for, I mean, four I months, mean, sorry, of your first language, how much you have to learn. I'm thinking English like me. <laughs> right. I mean, you're right, Michelle. Four months is an interesting amount of time. It's, you can definitely say that you're living in a place. I always say if you're, if you're in, in a place for a month, it's a stretch to say you're living there. I think you're long-term traveling, you're long-term staying there as a tourist, but four months, you're getting into an actual routine of yeah. you know going on the bus and buying groceries that's living in a place but it's not like it's a year or two where you might necessarily build a large community right, right. yeah yeah, yeah mm. exactly so um yeah it's a very good question um people might move abroad for a short time maybe like lindsay said study abroad maybe there's a work assignment for a few months right. um and it's easy, I, I think, to get so wrapped up in other aspects of life during this time. Or maybe you are living in a bubble, which we've talked about, to mm -hmm. live in a bubble with other people who speak your native language. So for example, let's say it's for a business opportunity and you yeah. are with your coworkers mostly. And mm -hmm. you might not, I mean, unless they're motivated as well, you might be tempted to just 
stick to them because it's not such a long time where you can really, like you said, build your community. So it's an, it's, it's kind of awkward. You have to really make that decision. I want to learn. Yeah. I think that's the first tip right there, Michelle. What you just said is really smart. It's about setting intentions. Intentions are so important. Intentions are the precursor to setting goals, right? Mm -hmm. They're kind of a first step. They're envisioning what you want to come out of this, not logistically speaking like a goal quite yet, but just a broad shift in the direction. And that what that does is that moves our attention in a certain direction. Intention setting moves the attention in a certain way. Right. Right. Love right. That. <laughs> so, Lindsay, well, we already talked a little bit about your experience with these. So yeah. we're going to give some tips and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Yeah. All right, Michelle, let's get into those tips very specifically. Right. So as you mentioned, setting intentions, making that decision that you want to learn, but also mm-hmm. setting goals if yeah. you want, right? You, everybody's different, right? But just because it's a short-term opportunity doesn't mean you can't make real progress and set goals to track it. So for example, even something like if every week you have the goal of completing something, maybe maybe for example, one goal is to ask someone something at a store. Or one goal is to go to an event where people will be speaking the target language mostly, or to maybe to start a conversation with someone in a coffee shop. Make fun, trackable goals that will keep you motivated, whatever will make you motivated. That's the most important thing. Yeah. If you're motivated by checking something off of a box, off of a list, which many of us are, this is great. So your intention is more where you're inclining the mind to what you're going to tend to do over these four months. The goals are a little different. They're more practical. You have a goal to yeah, ask someone something at a grocery store. So I look at my week. When am I going to the grocery store? Right. What is it Mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask about? Scheduling that into your actual calendar is where the goals come in. Right, Michelle? Right, right. Once you can feel like you have a plan, it it will it's it goes back to habit forming. Yeah. If you know, oh hey, in in this fun world that I'm living in now, (laughs) I am going to say every Monday I do something new. Then you have it as a habit. And you'll be surprised how much you can learn. Yeah, goals become habits. That's when we find the real dramatic, the the needle really moves at that point, right? We see the real results of our work. So good. So good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, so Michelle, what would be the next tip for our listeners? Okay, this is about the immersion aspect of it. So we talked about the bubble, right? Try not, try to be avoid using your first language too much because you're going to be tempted, of Mm -hmm. course. 
I think take your phone, change it to the target language. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try and watch some TV in this language, although I'm sure you're not going to be, I'd rather you get out and explore, but <laughs> just mm -hmm. get out of the bubble. That's the basic idea. Get out of the bubble. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, it's such an obvious thing. Easy thing we can do is just to change our phone. Might not yeah. be comfortable, but after a couple of weeks, that will be huge. I mean, think about how much time we spend looking at our phones. I mean, text messaging. It's yes. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's good. So immerse yourself. What else? What mm -hmm. else can we do? Right. So another thing I was thinking is trying to tie something to when you go back home, hmm. right? So make a way in that while you're living abroad, yeah. make a way to keep working on that language when you get home. So try and tie something together from your experience abroad to what you do at home, hmm. because this will make you feel like the purpose isn't just to learn for four months and then bye-bye, right? For example, maybe you want to line up a conversation partner who you can stay in touch with, mm -hmm. stay friends with someone you met, take songs you learned when you, when you were abroad and listen to them at home. Mm -hmm. um, so just having that in your head, it doesn't make it feel so compartmentalized. It makes yeah. you feel like, oh, this is all tied together. I mean, you can even make a... a plan with a friend who wants to practice at home, but just start making those plans while you're away, while you're into it. Mm, I love that idea, Michelle. This could also extend to hobbies. For example, yeah. when I lived in Japan, I started taking, can't remember if it was, yeah, karate classes in, you know, karate, right? I started mm -hmm. learning karate and I could have, I didn't do it, but I could have taken that back home. And if I had joined a karate class back at home in Boston, I would have met other people from Japan probably. And that would uh, be an immediate connection to the Japanese uh, community if I wanted to continue my Japanese in New right. York and Boston, right? Yes. yes. There you go. That's a good, that's a really good idea of how to do it. it something mm -hmm. relating it to a hobby. Just try and find some sort of thread that can connect your life while you were living abroad to your life when you go back home. I love that. I love that idea. It's all about that executive planning, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like you have to look at this time as a very strategic amount of time. It can't be wasted. We need a real yeah. clear plan, but don't forget to have fun, right, Michelle? And that's our final tip. Yes, exactly. That is our final tip because we don't want you to put too much pressure on yourself. That's going to make it stressful and make you feel like you have to reach certain levels, right? Take it easy, right. enjoy your time, and do have a good mix of learning and enjoying. Because the second you get stressed out or feel like it's a chore, you're not going to want to do it, and you're gonna you're gonna go inward into your bubble. Right, and there's a certain amount of kind of falling in love with the culture that needs to happen in order for us to go yes. back home and yes. want to continue working on that language or the connection to that culture. Right, that is yes. the seed of the motivation that's going to let us take that language back home in four months. So the way you fall in love with a place is not by scheduling every second of your day and making it feel like you're in the military or something. No, <laughs> we want to give ourselves time to be out there and kind of observing and just loving what's unique about this place. Right? Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's great. So just before we get going, we're going to teach you two things you could say to people in this situation. So the first yeah. one is, I'll be here for X amount of time. I'm so excited to practice my language, right? So right. I'll, I'll be here for four months. I'm so excited to practice my Italian. 
Mm, I love that. Um, or talk to me in four months. I'm trying to learn as much as possible. Is that right? Is that what we're doing here for this? Well, well it could no. either be the time or <laughs> sorry, it could be the time or it could be the language. Ah, okay. What are one actually? Example, Michelle. Again, go okay. ahead. Talk to me All in right. English. Talk to course. me in English. I'm trying to learn as much as possible while I'm here. <laughs> I was confused by what we had on the table. I know. No, I see English. why. I see where the confusion was. Right. 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 For sure. Um, the one thing that I that I'm thinking might come up that you might encounter is people kind of um, <clears throat> knowing that you're here for a short time and maybe kind of pulling back from forming those deeper connections. So we need to yeah. find a way around that. That's just one thing to be aware of. So maybe we look for, you know, other expat circles and maybe we are learning English in an expat circle. We can still meet local people who are permanently here, but I just want to bring that up that that may be in their minds. When you say to them I'm I'm leaving in 4 months, there might be a little pullback, but give them a reason to connect, right? Yeah. And we can live in the moment and enjoy. Okay. Yeah. So that's just and something I, to know. Yeah. And I think that your idea about the hobby, I do think that that yes. uh, is, is really significant. So give that a try. Um, yeah, right. this is a great question. This is, we would, we're, we'd be having a totally different conversation if we're talking about two years, three years, right? It's different. Right. It's a different yeah. thing. But it's exciting. Four months is a really solid amount of time. Yes. And I fully believe you can become fluent in four months or you can increase your fluency in no way whatsoever. You could do either. Right. right? The choice <laughs> is yours. The choice is yours. That is enough time to become super confident, 99% yeah. fluent in the language. It's just how you structure your time. And don't forget to relax and just enjoy yes, it at the exactly. same time. Fall in right? love with the culture. Fall in love. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Michelle. Thanks for being on the show today. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.